Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is finding your true life. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome everyone, welcome. My name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. I've been around for over 30 years now and my message has always been the same. My message is that you must find your true life. Your true life. Now, a long time ago in the Garden of Eden, and no, it's not a myth, it's a true story. And the way you can know that it's true is by looking around you and looking at your parents and your friends and your friends' parents and looking at Look at what, what's happening in the world and you'll see that temptation is afoot. How many times have you wondered when, for example, maybe you look at your, you looked at your parents or even your, your own marriage, but you looked at your parents and your dad, he was a decent guy, your mom, nice lady, but somehow they began to get on each other's nerves. She wanted something from him that he didn't seem to be able to give. And he thought he was doing all that she needed. He went to work, brought home a paycheck. He brought her flowers. He, you know, worked out in the garage and took care of the yard. And he thought everything was fine, but something started to go wrong. She wanted something from him. She began to resent him. And then he resented her back. And then you had the whole evolution of, of hell on earth. Eventually there was fighting and door slamming and then eventually often a divorce. And you wondered, why? Why couldn't mom just be happy? You know, and dad, why was he, ang why was he angry all the time? He seemed to have an undercurrent of anger. Why? You couldn't understand how they couldn't get along well. Now you know that there was temptation afoot. Something was operating there that ruined everything. Now, we don't want that to happen, do we? So how do you make sure that that doesn't happen? Or better yet, it's going to happen to some extent to all of us. That's right. All of us have resented our parents. We got out in the world. We made some mistakes. We were angry. We had a relationship or two. They didn't work out. We got married. We were secretly unhappy. We had kids. They were rebelling. Things went wrong. We didn't understand why. Why? We kept scratching our head. Why? Well, um, after suffering, I mean, it'd be better if you didn't have to suffer a lot. It'd be much better if, um, if just a little bit of suffering awakened you to, to see what the cause is, and then, and then, and then it would, you could solve it. But for most of us, it takes a lot of suffering, and even that, even that, sad to say, doesn't cause most people to wake up and see the true cause, and then. 
resolve the issues and then move forward to a bright and happy future. So suffering does have a value. It, it causes some of us to cry out for true answers. Now, what is the solution? I Remember I said, typical family, typical husband and wife relationship, and you end up with uh, unhappiness. And it doesn't matter if you don't get married. Some people don't get married. They just live together. Same, the same thing. It's the same. Same thing happens. Of course, you have some marriages where it's just kind of like a, you know, like a, it's like a museum. You know what I mean? When you walk into a museum, everything is kind of boring and kind of quiet and kind of still. And you get you walk into these empty, empty halls and you hear your feet, your heels clacking on the floor. It's like dead. You know, looking at old pictures and old mummies and old statues and old pieces of of cloth from a hundred or two hundred or three hundred years ago. Some marriages are like that. Well, that's not good either. So what is the answer? I'll tell you the answer right now. I will tell you the answer. The answer is to wake up. That's the answer. Now, we'll have a little announcement here and then I'll tell you more about how to solve your issues. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. So, I said the answer is to wake up. Most of our lives are like Alice in Wonderland. We fell into a rabbit hole and entered into this topsy-turvy world. And when you were a little child, you were born into a, fa into a fallen a family with, poor, with your poor unloved mom and your angry dad. And they were lost sheep themselves. They made mistakes. They were struggling. And then they made mistakes and they laid their mistakes upon you. You couldn't help that. You, could, you can't help who you were born to or where you were born. You can't help all of that. Nor can you help the nature that you inherit. Now, here's the other thing. Proof. Proof. Proof that the Garden of Eden story is true. Look at yourself. Look at how you are attracted to wrong. Wrong men. You're, if you're a lady, you're attracted to wrong men. The room could be filled with very nice, strong, noble, courageous men. And if there's one there, there's some kind of a... Of, so he's not so good. He'd be the one you go for. He's the one that you're curious about. He's the one that attracts you and that you start thinking about. And how about you men? Look at your nature. Aren't you attracted? Isn't there part of you that's attracted to naughty ladies? There could be very super, super nice ladies there. But no, you're attracted to the, to the naughtiest one. And how about food? Can you eat a, a simple raw carrot or a raw piece of uh, celery or something? No. You have to go for things that are, that are 
concoctions cooked and filled with chemicals and filled with salt and filled with sugar and filled with all kinds of stuff. That's what you go for. And can you buy the, the sim, a simple used car that doesn't cost very much and gives you good value? Maybe not. Maybe you have to go for something flashy. How about clothes? Are you satisfied with just simple clothes? No, you have to get the latest fashion. You, you got the idea. You're always going, reaching for something. And the thing that's the most attractive to you is the naughtiest. You find yourself in a terrible work environment. Now, how did that happen? How did it happen that you, you ended up in an environment with, filled with ambitious people, backstabbers, gossipers? Why did you end up in that kind of an environment? Somehow, you were attracted to it. You see? So... It's always the naughty, the wrong, the weird, the bizarre. That's what attracts us. What's not good for us? Well, that's your nature. You have to see that. You have to see that that's part of your inheritance. And where did you get it from? You got it from your parents. You got it from their parents. You got it from their parents. You got it from their parents. You're all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's the nature. You're born in the lineage of Adam and Eve. You can be no different. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's your inheritance. If you see a bunny rabbit, you know what the bunny rabbit's mom and dad look like pretty much. And their mom and dad and their mom and dad and their mom and dad all the way back to great, 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 great grandfather bunny rabbit and grandmother bunny rabbit. See, they have that nature. Well, that's the nature you inherit. A nature that is attracted to wrong. It's called concupiscence in religious parlance. Attracted to wrong, and you shy away from what is wholesome and pure and good and innocent. You shy away from people who are plain spoken. Well, you kind of like them. See, so here's the thing. So you have two aspects to you. You have two sides. One side of you wants, wants to do the right thing. You want to go for the good stuff. You want to live a simple life, a wholesome life a frugal life, uh, a useful, meaningful life, being with honest and straightforward people. Part of you likes that. But then part of you likes the other stuff. You get it? So a lot of us have a lot of struggles with that, with that aspect of ourselves. You know, we go to work and we behave properly all week and then fr Friday night we go slumming. Are you with me? So now what are you going to do? We have to wake up. You have to wake up and see these things, but don't resent what you see. That's the secret. Don't resent your wife. Don't resent your husband. Don't resent men. Don't resent women. Don't resent your job, your boss, your work. Don't resent yourself. Don't resent your kids. Don't resent anything. Just wake up and start to see what's going on. And just look at yourself and say, and, and wonder, why am I attracted to the, to the wrong men? Why am I attracted to naughty ladies? Why do I go for the wrong food? See, you try to police yourself. You try to eat the proper food. But then, all of a sudden, you have to have the bad food. Are you with me? Well, now you understand that you have a nature that is by nature um, naughty and rebellious. And there's a little bit of pride in you, too. And we get it from Adam and Eve. Remember Adam? He went for what was wrong. Eve held out the forbidden food, and he went for it. See? And that's the nature, then, that he passed down to you.
a nature that goes for the forbidden food. And Eve passed down to modern-day Eves a little bit of seductiveness, a little bit of, uh, of dishonesty, a little bit of temptation. You see what I mean? And of course, the men find that exciting. So of course, you, you practically have to use that in order to catch a man. But, but then, after a while, those little games, those little games can ruin a marriage. So why not wake up and smell the coffee? Wake up and smell the roses. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to be willing to. Secondly, you have to want to. Thirdly, you have to be willing to look at things without resenting them and give up resentment. And you'll probably need the help of the little meditation to help you to stand back from thoughts, because now your thoughts carry you away and your emotions carry you away. And then, if you can do that, then you can begin to see solution. You can begin to see the problem in the light of its solution. Are you with me? When you have a dirty towel, you hang it out in the sunlight. The solution is the sunlight. It contains the solution. Expose everything to the light. The light is beautiful. And God can rescue you and he can save you with his light. He sends light so that you can see and realize and stand back and recover. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. I've been talking about waking up and recovering your true life. And when you do that, all your problems will be on the mend. And nowhere is that more true than when it comes to relationships. You see... When you find your life from within, then that becomes the basis of everything that you do. And with it, you no longer have to react to the outside. You no longer have to look to the outside for love, for fulfillment, for anything. Let's talk about how that works. In a typical relationship, a man marries a woman because she supports his ego. Now, let's talk about his ego. What, what is that all about? Well, we inherit something from our parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. It's a nature 
that responds to uh, what is naughty. I talked about that in the first half of the program. If you missed it, you should go to the audio archives at SheddingShackles.com. You can listen to the whole program there. I talked about how we inherit that, that nature that goes for what is naughty because it's exciting. And being excited, being angered, being enraged, being mollified, being stimulated, being challenged, being teased, teased and then pacified, being worshipped and then hated and hated and worshipped and knocked down and build up. And that's the ego life, you see? So when you have that nature and then those people around you who came before you, they lorded over you in that world, that dog-eat-dog, loveless world of ambition. And so other kids tease you, your brothers and sisters tease you, your parents don't have love for you, and they challenge and tease, and coaches and teachers challenge and tease. And it feels like love at first because you're being, at least you're being paid attention to. And they, they talk about ambition and being great and being uh, a success, and, and they talk about study and athletics to become great and education, and it all sounds very good. But after you've experienced it for many years, then you begin to see that there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Not that discovering things in math and science and such things, not that they're not a delight. And not that uh, we can't um, get a good job and make money and have a business or be successful in some line of endeavor. I'm not saying you can't do that at all. But what I'm saying, it has to be done in the right way. It has to flow from within. It has to be, well, blessed by God. It has to be what you were intended to be. But if you're challenged, if you're challenged, and you respond to that challenge, and then you, you achieve and try and study and work and perform in response to that challenge, you're responding to, to temptation on the outside or what is standing in for temptation. Do you understand? So when a man looks to a woman instead of to God, he's looking to her to support what others have made of him. Let me say that again. He's looking to her to support what others have made of him. So first, it was temptation afoot in the Garden of Eden that made Adam into a fallen beast man that took away eternal life and gave him a temporal life, an ego life, apart from God. And he began to change, Adam did, and he became part, he became more animal. You understand? And so that's the nature that we inherit. We are born of the earth, of nature, but with the potential to become a child of God. But we're not a child of God. Instead, we're a child of 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 sin, of corruption, of what has gone wrong with the human race. That's what you inherit. And then, as a little child, those who preceded you, your parents and teachers and so on, they take over. And what do they do? They nurture and support and love and tease and challenge and provoke and mollify and stroke that nature. And so they make you into a bigger ego animal, and a bigger one, and a more prideful one. And so that's what they've made of you. And then a man goes out into the world, and then he looks for someone like his mother, 
who was in charge of, of stroking and supporting and comforting his little ego. And quite probably when he was a child, his mother pulled on his heartstrings. She hated her husband because he wasn't there for her. He didn't have the kind of love that she needs, a true love. A true love to overcome her dark side. And hating her, her husband, she turned the children against her husband, which often happens, and to her. And so she became in charge of, of the child's ego. So he goes out in the world looking for someone like his mother who will support him. And as he becomes ambitious, as he goes out into the world and, and is teased and challenged at work and by others, he, he comes home. To, he wants to come home to someone who will support that and comfort it and reassure it. Reassure him that animal is man. Reassure him that animal is real man, that he's all right the way he is. But that reassurance... All it does is make him more of a beast, more of a wimp, more of a beast, more of a, a bully, more of a wimp. Whatever, whatever way his ego is inclined toward, whether it's bully or wimp, whether it's ambitious or a resentful failure, whether it's an angry rebel or a, a, a conformist, his ego goes one way or the other, and she's in charge of supporting that, and she does. And she does because she needs love. She needs love from, she needed love from her father, and he didn't have it. And because of that, she resented him, and that made her subject to that kind of a man who didn't have love. And she went out looking in the world and couldn't help but find another man like her father who didn't have love, but she needs love. If anybody would have love, do you understand? If someone had love for her, I mean real love, agape love, love that comes through from the Father, through the person, if anyone had that kind of love, then seeing that love and responding to that love, she might recover, and so might he. Now, do you understand? Love is what we need, but it has to be a love from the Father. So, let's say that this man that we've been describing married a woman who supported his ego, and he, became more, he becomes more ambitious, more resentful, more angry, and comes home, and all she does is nurture that which he is becoming. So he becomes even a bigger ego. See what I mean? And he demands a bigger fix, more ego fix, from her, from another woman, from alcohol, from work. See what I mean? Now, let's suppose that this man wakes up one day and realizes that he's lost. He's lost control of his family. He's lost his authority. He's angry. He's resentful. She's unhappy. The kids are unhappy. The kids are rebelling. Something is wrong. He wakes up and sees that. And seeing it, he cries out for true answers instead of becoming resentful, instead of trying to establish his, his authority with anger, or instead of wimping out and kowtowing and trying to be a people pleaser. If he, if he takes a mental step back and just observes and sees that somehow he's at fault, he sees that and he doesn't resent seeing it and he cries out for answers. Then he begins to wake up. God sends light. 
And in the light, he begins to see the truth about his own sneakiness, his own cowardice, his own selfishness. His family is suffering, suffering because he's been selfish. He sees it. He doesn't resent seeing it. Instead, he sobers up. He sobers up. And then he sees that what his wife needs is it love. Love from him, loving her as a person, not as an object of use. See? And she needs to see in him a strength, a nobility. She needs to see principle and honor. And yes, kindness and gentleness and long-suffering and forbearance. She needs to see those. And he doesn't have them. He sees that he doesn't have them. He sees that he needs them, but he doesn't have them. And he cries out to his Creator. And God, ever so slowly and ever so gently, begins to change him. And such a thing is a wonderful, wonderful thing. May I recommend that if you can understand a little bit of what I've been saying, if you track with it, if you see, yes, yes, that's what happened to my parents, or yes, that's what happened to me, then may I recommend that you, that you consider taking a look at my books. I actually have three books about relationships. Well, they all are, but three specific ones. The first one that you would probably want to look at is called the Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. That was my first book about relationships, and it's it's kind of the basic one. That would be the one to get. It's very good. Your eyes will be opened. You'll, it's a good read. Okay? It's a good read. And then the second book is called um, Putting the Forever Back in Love. A beautiful book. And it talks a lot about parenting. So I recommend that one, putting the forever back in love, and then that'll get you started. And listen to this program again, and get, look at some of my YouTube videos on the topic of relationships. I think could be very helpful. It could save your marriage. That's right. It could save your marriage. And if not that, at least your soul. Right now, you two, you and her or you and him are so so wrapped up in each other and hating each other and resenting each other and wanting something from each other. You can't see the forest with the trees. You have to take a step back. Get the little meditation. Take a step back. Sober up. See that your your husband is just a, a man. Your wife is just a woman. And stop hating her or hating him. Do you understand? And get my books and your life may be on the mend. And your relationship on the mend Maybe you'll live happily ever after. It could be so beautiful. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. <laughs>